Once forged in the fires of PR and journalism, Curtis Dewar and Corey Westbrook united to create C-Squared. Then I jumped on the bandwagon. I'm your host, Aaliyah, and this is Heavy Business, a podcast where we talk to music industry professionals and musicians and learn together about the music industry, marketing, and other tools that can help you promote the music you put so much effort into creating. Today's podcast is brought to you by the band The Effigy. For you fans of gothic and symphonic metal, The Effigy has got you covered. Having released a whole bunch of music in 2022, there are another six singles on their way this year. Check out The Effigy's recent cover of Bruno Mars' Talking to the Moon, and follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Effigy Music. Hello and welcome. This is Heavy Business. I'm Aaliyah. I'm Curtis. And today we are here with, again, Peter Dorena, back on the podcast. Thank you for coming back on the podcast. Peter Dorena plays bass in Seven Spires, and he is also a band manager for his company, Dorena Management. And um, Peter, do you mind giving a little description of your management company and what you do there? Yeah, well, first of all, thanks. Thanks for having me. Um, you know, since since I did uh, the first one with you guys, probably around a year ago, if not more, um, I've seen lots of lots of great people uh, come on and uh, and and lots of people who I work with or know or would like to work with or like to know. So um, so it's, it's really great stuff that you guys are doing. Um, so, yeah, so my my management company, it's simply called Dayrena Management. Um, uh, because you know it's kind of hard to come up with a name, and uh, and I already have a name, so <clears throat> um, so that it's comprised of uh, myself and then my colleague Paul, who is based in Troyes, France, um, and uh, we've been working together internally on the Spires administrative stuff for something like five or six years, um, if if not more, and uh, you know so at one point in the pandemic. I, I decided, you know, to start looking for other bands to, to, to help out, really, and to, to sort of get my own experience managing that way. Um, so, so I started doing that, and now I've been doing it since, um, since the January 1st of 2021, so coming up on, uh, on a little bit, a couple of years here. And, uh, and I also work with Dan Wilson, uh, who is uh, sort of um, part of the, the, the friend group that, uh, that comprises the local scene here in Boston and everything. Uh, and he works as a booking agent uh, for, for uh, my management company because, of course, we've found that, uh, that bookings are such a key component to, uh, to, to, to band development and that sort of thing. So while I'm usually still the one who is talking with other agents and, and doing stuff at a at a more uh, international level, Dan is, is the one who's really taking care of uh, booking independent tours for our bands, booking shows and that sort of thing. So we have a, a pretty good team and we're all getting to the point now where, um, where we're gaining a lot of experience and everybody's getting a little more savvy, which is myself included uh, in, a, in a lot of ways. So, uh, so that's very exciting. It is really exciting. And speaking of booking internationally, that is the topic we're here to talk about today. Um, Seven Spires recently went on tour with Twilight Force and Silver Bullet in Europe. And I imagine that there must be some sort of connections that need to be in place before such an event can occur. 
what kind of connections led to that tour happening and how did that come about? Mm. Well, I mean, that's that's a good question. And, and there are uh, there are answers that, you know, I think we can only suppose because it's it's a it's a it's a matter of right place at the right time with the right people. So, you know, so all of those things have to line up for, you know, any tour, really. Um, but, uh, you know, but in this case, I think I think there were a couple combinations of things. So first of all, Twilight Force had just released an album um, or, or was was gearing up for that. So, so they were planning to uh, they you know, they were planning to go on a run. And at the same time, um, you know, Spires, I think since we hadn't been to Europe, but we did our first album through uh, SAOL and CMM. Um, you know, we had been marketed pretty heavily to Europe and ever since. Um, you know, we've we've uh, we've had quite a quite a strong demand there, and especially with things like uh, like what Adrian is doing, uh, headlining every major metal festival with Avantasia and uh, and stuff like that. That also amounts to uh, to a lot of discovery for us. So, um, you know, so so there's that aspect, um, and uh, you, you know what I what I also what it always comes down to is. Um, a, a combination of word of mouth and the other stuff. So no matter what, word of mouth still reigns supreme on, um, you, you know, in, in, in the music industry and, and, and with buzz in general and stuff like that. So, so usually when something isn't happening, such as, uh, you know, trying to secure European booking or something like that, I usually suggest that people focus on another area because in order to get a good tour, you have to have a, a good release, um, you know, a strong release plan. And in order to have a strong release plan, it helps if you've been on the road and done some good tours. So, um, so it all supplements. But for us, it, it came together, I think, because Twilight Force wanted to tour with us. The booking agent wanted to work with us. And we wanted to get over there. Um, so, you know. There you go. Mm -hmm. Um. So you don't think it probably wouldn't be possible or feasible under any reasonable circumstances for a band to try to book a European tour without having a booking agent or having a connection to a bigger band over across the pond? Mm -hmm. Well, it's, it's, it's tricky. I mean, I've, I've learned about a lot of the key differences between the, the North American market and the European market for for our industry, um, and these were things that I had been told a lot from from multiple sources, and so I noticed things sort of recurring in conversation, and then I got to sort of experience it for myself. So, what I think, uh, first of all, is that <clears throat> the European market is um, is a little more closed off when it comes to people doing things independently. So, um, usually, uh, you do have to be working with, uh, you know, somebody. Who, who has a, a footing in, in Europe, whereas in North America, we can just say, we're booking a tour, get in the van, and here we go. Um, you know, that's easy because we're already on the continent, of course, but it's actually much more feasible in terms of venues, in terms of, you know, securing pretty much all of the pieces of the puzzle. That's a lot more feasible in North America, um, and I think that just has to do with, um, the, you know, the, the, the greater economic structure, the, the way the music industry functions, and, and also uh, infrastructure-wise, 
um, you know, multiple aspects. Um, so, uh, so as as far as Europe goes, that's probably uh, that would be my take on uh, you know on working with an agent. I think, um, or or not just working with an agent, but knowing somebody. I, I what I also think is that um, agents are pretty busy, and you know, especially ones that are doing the kind of stuff that interests you. So, um, you know, there's sort of a it's a double-edged sword because uh, for for those people, you're likely to be less of a priority if you're getting a start. So. I think a lot of the time it's it's best to talk with bands that you'd like to tour with um, and people you'd like to work with. Compare release schedules, compare um, you know your resources, your reach, um, and th and that kind of thing, and really start it from the ground up with a band. Okay. I have I have a quick dumb question, a potentially dumb question. So, like a band like you guys, um, wouldn't you potentially have more of a chance of getting bigger shows in Europe, though, than over here. So what wouldn't it long term be more feasible for you guys to be able to do more European or am I missing something on that? Um, well, so what what um, what makes you say that we would have a better chance of getting larger well, shows? Well, because well, maybe I'm mistaken, but your genre is usually pretty popular over in Europe. So. Yeah, OK, OK. So, you know, so I think um, there, there are. That's also sort of a two-sided thing. So, okay, yeah, yes, okay. Um, you know, yes, it's it's more popular in a, in maybe an enthusiasm sense or a, uh, like a, a, sort of an engagement sense, I guess. Yeah. Um, but you know, the average the average person in Europe, I think, has uh, financially less spending power, and uh, uh -huh. and in 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 North America, for, you know, the merch buying crowd is a lot larger. And that kind of thing. That's no, that's not exactly relevant to this, but um, you know. But I think um, I think I think the reception for uh, the, you know the kinds of tours that Spires has done in North America is just as huge, if not more so than um, than things that are comparable in Europe. I think in Europe it's festivals, and those festivals are you know things that that uh that are very well established and um and uh you know and they have a lot of clout you've 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 really got to be doing something interesting and and have all the pieces right there to um you know to land those things um so you know so what i think is that that's a that's a common perspective that i find to be a, mi a misconception um, a lot of the time and i actually think that um, between North America and Europe, things are very different, but they're actually equal in terms of how awesome they are. So, yeah. They, that just totally blew a misconception that I had. Then. Thank you. Yeah, Six of one, half a dozen of the other? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, and for me, too, I mean, I'm still figuring this out. This is just based on, on what I know now, um, which isn't just, uh, you know, my... my uh, this tour with Spires, but other other experiences I've had in Europe, opening for Kiss and Powerwolf with with another band, and 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 doing doing different things like that. It's you know, Europe is a music loving place, and it's a it's an extremely vibrant place for for this kind of stuff. So again, I think they make their voices heard, and in the metal world, you know, they they, they are a very key player in that. 
And that's why uh, here in North America we're, we're usually so impressed is because they're very present. Yeah. Now, you mentioned festivals, so I want to ask really quickly about that. What is your perspective on a North American band playing, trying to get a, a spot at a festival? Is that something that's sustainable or realistic for them to do just a one-off show at a festival without a... T- tour surrounding it to support it Mm -hmm. well financially no financially no um you know it's it's not just a matter of landing the deal um you know landing the offer um because you know even so if let's say somebody offered you a position at a festival if they were only offering one they would even say, I'd offer you this, but it's just this one, and I don't think it makes sense for you to do that right now. That's that's what I would say if I were yeah, uh, if, yeah. if I were them. So, you know, and, and financially not either. It's 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 uh it's tricky. Every the, you know, the longer that you're on the road, the the less your costs um you, you, the less significant your costs become. So and and funny story actually, in I think it was twenty seventeen, either twenty sixteen or twenty seventeen Spires went out and did metal days in in Slovenia, um, and that was a one-off. We tried to book a, a type of tour thing, um, and and that fell through. And we were like, okay, let's just go out there and do it. And it was great. We we saw some of the people um, that had come see us then at this at this tour in Europe, uh, in in, uh, in in many different countries, and so that was fascinating. But we had actually done that one-off thing. Um, well, you're better, the best person to speak to about it then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and, and that was like such a huge deal for us. We were so gung-ho about, um, about making that happen and everything. And, uh, you know, Dovis and I showed up and we were camping in a tent and it rained the whole time. And, you know, I'm like the, the, the stage got blown over and flipped around on the day of our show. And, and, you know, they had to fix it really quick and all this. So it was, um. It, it, it's quite a quite a war story, actually. So. Yeah, that sounds like it. Um, so, do you feel like it was worth it, though? Yeah, yeah. Just just for the experience, um, just just for yeah. the sort of team building that it that it uh, brought to the band, and uh, and for that greater understanding of of uh, what that is like. You know, when when so we were we were young. I mean, I was either in in high school or very early into university um at that time and uh you know that that was a that was a very educating uh thing for me and 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 for all of us so i bet all right let's dive into this tour that you just had what were some of the the keys to making it sustainable and successful well to to work together uh simply put so you know, one of the one of the key, um, probably the key thing here was that we were all in one bus. The entire tour was in one uh-huh. double decker bus. So it was like, you know, twenty between twenty and twenty three people capacity there. So we had Silver Bullet, Seven Spires, Twilight Force, um, stage manager, front of house, uh, two merch staff, two drivers, tour manager. So. Um, that was, that was that. And, uh, you know, so everybody was working, uh, like around the clock again, you know, and, um, and sharing things, 
you know, obviously we had a, a, a trailer that, that we, we were pulling. Um, so everybody was participating in pretty much everything. And, uh, and that is a great way to, to, to save um, money and to, to, you know, to sort of make it possible. Because also, logistically speaking, um, it, you know, at, at the scale of this tour, there's not really space for more than that, uh, you know, parking-wise alone. Uh, in in some places, I mean, you know, the the interesting thing is that we were playing venues um, that were you know two thousand cap uh, or one thousand cap that were very full, and then sometimes we were playing like five hundred, three hundred cap that were also very full. And what I so this is sort of a side note, but I I'm actually really impressed with the agent's attention to detail because in my from my perspective it seemed like they were able to very precisely uh, calculate how many people would be where, how well the band would be selling in a given country, in a given city, and book the right venue so that the venue is always full, you know? Yeah, I feel like that's super key. I was, I was, I had never seen such a, such a, you know, a, a fantastic job of, of, uh, of tour booking and so much attention uh, put to that. So. I was I was fascinated and and super super happy as as were all of us on that. So awesome. Now about gear, how much of your own gear did you bring over for that tour? I know there's like some power and and discrepancies between North America and Europe. So did you like bring all of your stuff over? Did you use other people's gear? Yeah. So we so we brought our stuff over, but no matter what, we travel very light. So for us, bringing the gear meant, um, let's see, we brought our stage scrims, like this, the side banner things that are like maybe um, eight feet wide or so. Um, and then, so, so we brought those, we brought our in-ear, uh, you know, the, the, the rack that Adrian and I use for monitoring. Um, and that's... That's pretty much it. I brought my bases. Um, we didn't bring a kit. Obviously, we used we used uh, all three bands were on one kit. Um, you know, so it was. Other than that, I think it was just instruments. Um, we we brought uh, we had merch manufactured over there. Obviously, also smart. Um, yeah, and and that's you know that's a that's another really helpful. You say thing. obviously, but why is that so important? Well, you know, because otherwise you're you're dealing with customs. Yeah, I guess it's not so obvious. Um, but uh, otherwise, you're dealing with customs. You're dealing with shipping fees and stuff like that. So you so you really do want to do that. And you can find a lot of merch manufacturers over there, uh, especially in Germany, who who uh, make merch for all the festivals and and stuff like that. And they're 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 really happy to to oblige on on that stuff. Um, so yeah, so we we traveled pretty light. Um, we made sure out front, I mean, the, the, the tour manager, uh, would, would, uh, was, was teasing me a bit the first couple of days because I, tr I tried advancing the tour a year in advance. I tried advancing logistics. Um, so, so we, we started the planning very early for what we would need and, and stuff like that. Um, power, power wise, um, I just brought some of those outlet converter things and we always use a power conditioner. So, um, you so you know, just so, do things smart so and you're, that. you're fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you at least try to try to split the diff a little bit. So, yeah. So, what do you think are some good metrics for bands to look at when 
trying to de- determine uh, where to play and which places have a demand for them. I know you said the booking yeah. agents did like that for that tour, but I know you do that over here for um, for the tour management and stuff you do here. Do you have some insight to that? Yeah, I mean, it's it's um, it does require some trial and error. You know, there there are markets that uh, no matter what, there are markets that you're not going to really know. You're going to sort of maybe have a, a clue. Um, but 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 that's it. So so you will want to try things. And I think this was Twilight Force's first headlining tour. So in a lot of ways, this was this was that for them. Um, but it was it was very, very successful. And I, I mean, you know, again, another side note, they are an awesome, awesome band. They shred every night. They they go 100 percent into what they're doing. Um, and I, you know, so it's no surprise how well they did with with some of those, uh, you know, trial uh, things. And, and for this being their first headlining tour, it was a it was a huge success for them. So super happy for them now. The things that I would pay attention to um, really have to do with, I mean, obviously there's things like Spotify and, uh, you know, your socials and sort of the analytics that you can gather through a variety of resources um, to pinpoint that kind of stuff. But that's that's really only half of the half of the the battle. And that's not always completely accurate either. So. you know, with with Spotify, for example, you can kind of bank on like those top five cities that it lists. You can you can bank on those being good cities for the artists. Like I I would say that's a safe one, but I wouldn't go further than that. Um, and and that's kind of across the board for, um, you know, for for a lot of the statistics you can gather. Usually, um, people are pretty you know enthusiastic and maybe don't know how to read some of those things as well, and. I'm still figuring it out to some extent. So, uh, you know, so, so you, you kind of want to go for what's really strong. Other than that, I would say um, who, you know, you need to pay attention to other bands, other things that have been happening there. So does that city have a metal festival? Has there been a band that's similar, that's gone through recently? Um, not just similar stylistically, but similar size-wise. Um, and, you know, sort of like, figure out what other people are doing. Again, it always comes down to bands talking to bands. And, um, and, and that's really important. So I think, um, I think that's, that's kind of the main thing is pay attention to what your colleagues are doing um, and what European bands are doing um, and, and, and stuff like that. And I think you can, uh, you can usually have, have some success with that. I have kind of a general question for touring, if you're willing to answer, is um, how important do you think it is to have a new album to help promote it? Because I noticed you guys did the Live at Prague Power when, around the same time you had the two tours. Mm. I'm assuming that was intentional to try to back that up, but can you kind of go over that if that's the case or not? Yeah, well, so, so I mean, that worked out great uh, for us. We, we um, let's see, I believe, that we were um, remotely aware of the Elevati tour when we did Prague Power, and so so we we sort of we didn't exactly plan the you know the release of it because the label is dictating the release schedule and and the sure. headliner is dictating the tour that you do, but 
um, you know, for us, yes, that's what we aim to do is, is, is to try and make those things work. Like right now, um, for example, we are, you know, we're, we're discussing offers and looking at stuff for sure. But, you know, usually what we're saying, what we, what we arrive at right now is we're working on writing new material and we're working on um, music videos, all this other kind of stuff. So we're far less inclined to actually accept a tour right now because we're in the, um, the, uh, the intake phase, sort of the, 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 the writing and, and, uh, and, and that sort of thing. So um, yes, I think with all of the bands that I, that I manage and, and in general, I think it's a very sound strategy to, um, to tour, uh, you know, from the period that your album is announced, maybe a little bit before, like if you have to start a tour and your album releases in the middle, so be it. Um, but not much earlier than that. I mean, you don't want to wrap up a tour and then release an album. And then I think there's a period of, you know, a year, a year and a half um, or so, maybe two years, where, um, where, yeah, it's super, super beneficial for you to have that new album um, you know, new, loosely speaking, um, to, to, to tour with. And um, so a tour is the best way to promote your album, and the album is the best thing to promote the tour. So again, like I said, if one thing isn't working, focus on something else, and, and that's going to move it along. Um, so yeah, so I, I would say it's, if not an album, a vinyl campaign, a... Um, you know, something, something, some kind of, you know, message, what, you're going on tour, why, you know, not just, not just, we, well, we want to go on tour, you know, so, yeah. Did that help with the sales of that album, do you think, having it yes. come on during tour? Yes, we, um, of the, of the live album, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah specifically, so, yeah. Okay, so yeah, so that definitely helped, I mean, we would, we were we were trying to work with the label to ensure that uh, we would even though the album would be coming out in March, so when we were, you know, significantly into the Elevati tour already, we were actually trying to, uh, you know, get physical copies for day one of the European tour in January, January fifteenth, sixteenth, seventeenth, um, and. Uh, you know, because we knew that, that that would be vastly helpful. It's another thing that you can sell at the merch table. And, um, you know, it's either... So live albums are either something that uh, will, will, uh, will serve as an introductory thing for a new fan or something where a, a, a long-time fan is really going to want to hear it because there's all that special, you know, live stuff in there. Um, so, yeah, so I would say regardless of, of, of how the actual like uh, physical component panned out and everything, we were pretty much concerned about having enough CDs to fulfill the demand um, the, the way in advance of the thing actually being released or, or even announced. So, so, yes, so that was extremely helpful. Did, so you had them when you went to Europe too? No. Is that what you, okay, I thought, okay, I thought that's what you said and I was like, we were we were aiming for that. We had aiming sort for of, it. Okay. We had tried to do that, but of course, it's actually very hard to try yeah, yeah. and get physicals before an album is actually released. So, but I bought one right your show. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And I'm, you know, personally, on a personal note, 
I I love um, I love like that that album. I think um, some some great aspects to that. I'm not usually a fan of of live albums and and, and stuff like that, but um, I like it because we didn't know it was going to be a live album uh, when we were doing it. You know, which is cool. And then and then also from a selfish sort of bass player standpoint, um, there is all that stuff uh, on the record that is like stuff that that I've uh, developed since actually recording the parts and then also the live mix the bass is obviously you know uh, sits differently in the mix and and uh, so so that's like my my ego trip uh, album if I were to pick one that would be the ego trip album for for the bass player so that's fair 100 yeah. yeah. percent so I guess to wrap things up I want to ask if you learned any lessons on this European tour, any takeaways, anything that you would do differently next time. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I mean, the one of the key lessons is uh, is is definitely that you know the company that you keep is extremely important and and will 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 make things. Uh, you know, can, can make things more successful than you ever imagined. Because on this tour, not a single person uh, had a single complaint or issue with anybody else. This entire tour was all of us just like holding hands and frolicking in a field of daisies. It was it was wonderful. Um, so so all of us just had such a great time and enjoyed each other's company. Um, and 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 with that, there's a sort of a mutual accountability. Uh, that is maintained. So if nobody's breaking that, that will sort of per self perpetuate, you know, and, um, and so so that was that was really, uh, really unique uh, for, for us, because we had, you know, we had, we had spent so much time and still spend so much time coming from a, a, a lesser known level. And so we weren't accustomed to uh, to that type of, of friendliness per se, or that type of camaraderie and stuff like that. So that was huge. Um, as far as lessons, I like, or, or things that, you know, may have not gone ideally. Um, <laughs> I would just have to say shipping stuff, uh, back. So, so on the way, you know, there to ship the gear and, and stuff like that. Um, I, uh, I went to FedEx and I shipped it and it was fine. You know, but uh, in Germany, I had to ship everything back, and um, and so I tried to do that um, through through DHL, but um, every DHL store is like is it's a DHL with a convenience store or a DHL with a cell phone store. There's like a DHL sign, and so I went around to many places uh, with all this stuff, and. You know, would walk into the cell phone store with my cart. Um, you know, I was I was just Paul and I, um, and uh, and we had way more stuff than we could carry because we were also dealing with leftover merch and and you know we would ship that to our fulfillment center in the Netherlands, uh, who was run by a friend of ours that I sort of enlisted for for that job. Um, but we would walk into these places and they would be like, oh no 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 I don't speak English no like and and uh, and you know so we couldn't get this stuff home. I had to fly with a lot of stuff myself, um, and uh, and so so that was that was very interesting. I think the best way to do it is to have uh, DHL uh, to schedule a pickup 
at uh, you know some some type of trustworthy location. So you prepay, preprint everything. That worked for the merch stuff. Um, uh, you know, so basically, I, I think the main the main thing that I learned uh, as far as a lesson goes has to do with the shipping. If if you if you can meet that um, the weight limit and size limit thing, so that you don't get a bunch of fees from the airlines, it's actually better to fly with uh, with six bags and just bring a friend to help you carry it than to ship stuff. It's always nice to just keep things with you as much as possible. <laughs> Less likely to get lost. That too. That's Theoretically. I, I have one quick question for you at time, Malia. I think, yeah, I think it's quick. Hopefully it's quick. Um, it doesn't so, have quick. Okay, cool. Um, so with both the recent tours you did, both North America and Europe, I mean, they were done pretty close together. Which do you think actually got you more fans in general, do you, which which tour do you think actually helped Seven Spires in the long run, the European or the or the North American one? Mm -hmm. Well, that's that's a that's a good question. So okay, so so long term but, because I mean Europe Europe's new fans, but mm -hmm. it, I was curious. So how so like just from a management viewpoint, which 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 one is which one is best for a new band? I guess is kind of what I'm asking. Right. Right. Well, okay. So you're asking two questions here. I am. Is, I am. Which is I am. good. This I is am. good. This yeah. is good. So, okay, so so we need to look at the scale of the bands that we're touring with. So yeah. Elevati is, uh, you know, a, a much has a much larger fan base than Twilight Force does. This was Twilight yeah. Force's first headlining tour. Yeah. So to answer your question of which one got us more fans, definitely the Elevati tour in North America. Okay. Um, and, and that's strictly because, uh, you know, their audience was... Uh, you know, a lot of them hadn't known us and maybe checked us out right beforehand and stuff like that. So, so that tour was, was financially more, more lucrative and, and also, um, you know, as far as the discovery goes, definitely, um, you know, that, that was, uh, the numbers were, were larger there, but That's as far awesome. as the one in Europe, that, that gets us something different. It doesn't get us something exactly. more or less because now we've done a European tour and you know, and we we had the direct support slot. We met a lot of people that um, you know from the industry that had had that we've been talking to for a long time, or uh, you know, or or people that hadn't seen us or known about us before working in the industry. So, in a way, uh, you know, that one's pretty parallel um, as far as like the actual value of the benefit, um, but also on the Twilight Force tour. Um, Again, like I said, people had been waiting years for us to come in Europe. I'm so sure. you bet that everybody that knew Seven Spires was at those shows. So, you know, it wasn't like a bunch of new people. It was like we're finally able to see everybody that already knows us. So um, and, and that is just that's just a Spires thing. That's not Europe versus North America or anything. I think that was a special moment for us because we were finally able to connect with and meet so many of these these great people um, that that you know have known of us for a long time. So I think that and was then all the I second have. question oh, for a new band. I did have a second Which, question. Oh, did you think? That's right. Okay. Okay. So there's a third. Yeah. That's that's in my mind. That's like the third question for a new band. Okay, what's um, like is is North America or Europe 
Okay, so new new band opening for a big band in North America versus touring, kind of what you guys did, touring in Europe. I mean, with the, they're big band, but you know what I mean. They're not quite that, that size, right? So, what do you what do you think would be more beneficial for Joe Average Band? Yeah, um, I, it, if they're based in North America, definitely, uh, you know, getting a support slot on a on a major tour would sure. would would make a, a a huge difference in in North America. Um, you know, but I would say the same if, if a band was based in Europe, getting a support slot over there uh, for, for a much larger tour. The industry functions differently. And I don't mean a buy-on, you know. Um, I think I, a lot of the time, I get a lot of questions about buy-ons and That was my next question. Like that. Yep. Yeah. And I understand um, the, the benefits of, of that. Um, but I have absolutely no experience with buy-ons in any, going in one direction or the other. So... I, you know, so I have I have no idea, but um, but I think you know, uh, for a North American band to go to Europe when when they're at the stage that Spires is, so still relatively new, getting started, um, and and starting to sort of move up, I think it um, it it uh, shows a degree of uh, what's the word of pedigree, you know, so so it it, it definitely if if you're able to do that, then people are going to say hmm. They they pulled that off. They're gonna want to come back. Um, this is something. This is something interesting. So. Yeah. yeah, and it shows that you take what you're doing seriously. Yeah. That you're willing to go to that that length and take those risks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Uh, just a quick question. So you you've never dealt with anyone that's doing buy-ons period at all. I mean, you haven't had to I've, work with it. We've been offered buy-ons before no but okay okay but you've never had to work with a band that's actually done okay never mind i'm not gonna ask the next question okay yeah yeah we we um yeah i mean we we've been offered stuff but usually that just wasn't possible for us spires has since since um since i took up more of an administrative role we've always been financially self-sufficient so that sort of thing just isn't isn't practical uh or possible for us um yeah. and then uh you know we've people have suggested that maybe we try to offer buy-on slots and, and, and stuff like that to our tours. But also, I, I, would, uh, I would rather have, uh, you know, a, band, a, a tour of established people that don't, that, um, you, you know, where, where their, their value isn't just in them giving, exchanging money to, to somebody else, but yeah. their value is what they're bringing as artists on the tour. So, um, yeah. So you don't recommend it as a general... It's 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 a case by case thing. I mean, I'm sure, sure. that there are great buy on deals out there. I'm sure that there are bands uh, who are offering buy ons because they need to do that, and it's and it's extremely beneficial. So you know, but but personally, that is it's it's uh, something that I think is sort of the last uh, the last consideration in, in in my mind in a lot of cases. So, yeah. Really good. A lot of great insights today. Thanks so much again for coming back on the podcast. You always are a great person to talk to. You know so much. I value your opinions a lot. Well, thank you. Same, same to you. Thanks for having me. It's always great to, to uh, have a chat with you guys. Anything you want to shout out before I close things out here? Um, well, um, if you haven't checked out the Seven Spires live album, uh, Live Prog Power, from, uh, from this past year, 
uh, definitely go check that out. We also uh, launched Patreon uh, back in uh, this past November, and so if, uh, if, if you're looking for some behind-the-scenes stuff, you can find us on Patreon as well. Uh, and that's pretty much it for now. Excellent. Excellent. Everyone listening, thank you for listening. And until next time, make like a bull and throw those horns up. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help spread the word by following or subscribing to us, recommending it to your friends, or leaving us a review on your platform of choice. Thank you for listening to Heavy Business, brought to you by C-Squared Music.